Thank you for downloading this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We pray that you receive encouragement from the study of God's Holy Word and that you will grow in the faith and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's funny. I know I was here last Sunday because I, I was here last Sunday and I remember that. But it feels so long ago. Like we just, we seem to have crammed so many things in between, I don't know, maybe Christmas uh, and things in this week. And it it just feels like it was forever ago that we had gotten together uh, as a family. And I, I wasn't here for the Christmas Eve service, um, but I know we had one because um, there's wax on the seats again. Um, and it's funny, I actually mentioned this because this is, this is Judy's favorite time of year because she'll bring in her iron and the wax paper and take care of that because it bothers her. Um, and she likes to clean, I don't know that she likes to clean it up, but I don't think she can help herself. So she comes in. So whoever did that to give Judy a job, thank you. Um, that was nice because I think it's important we keep her busy, you know, keeps her out of trouble, idle, hound, idle hands, devil's playground, blah, blah, blah. So we just celebrated Christmas. Um, I don't know how uh, I don't know how you guys do it in in your family. Um, the the pantry traditions have sort of changed a little bit. Um, it used to be, you know, because Lynn Marie's family is from Chicago and my family is here, and so we would alternate Christmas Eve with whoever's you know whoever's turn it was. We one year would be with my family, and then the following year it would be with her family. But um, we don't celebrate it with my family anymore. Uh, my parents have, have moved into, uh, you know, into a, a retirement community and, and, you know, fitting all their kids in their two-bedroom apartment now just isn't going to do it. And so, you know, my family, it was sort of like, we don't really care about each other anymore. That's not true. Um, but we still go down to Illinois and we spend time with, uh, with Lynn Marie's family and it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I, I have, I tell Lynn Marie this all the time. I mean, if, if marriage was a competition, I won, right? Between Lynn Marie and I, uh, I won. I got the better spouse. I got the better in-laws. I win. And um, just had a, had a great time this year. And I always, you know, I always reflect. Christmas was always a big deal in my family. And it was kind of weird. Um, I, growing up, uh, we grew up uh, in, you know, uh, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, you know, you, you talk about uh, denominations outside of, of us, and you, you talk about C&E, you know, Christians, right? C&E Lutherans or C&E Catholics. And what that means is you only go to church twice a year, either on Christmas and then on Easter. Well, for us, we weren't even C&E. We just were C. Uh, we, would, we would go to uh, Midnight Mass, and then Santa would come uh, while we were gone because my mom didn't go to Midnight Mass with us. And I remember as a kid wondering why I had to go to church but Santa didn't, um, and it was it was it seemed unfair um, having to stay up that late to go to church, and he didn't. Um, but it was always a huge deal, and we would get home, and and it was just sort of a I don't know. We were like piranha. Um, it wasn't orderly. It wasn't. We didn't care what anybody else got. We just dove in on the gifts and tore paper and. You know, if a hand, you know, if your brother's limb or hand got in the way, they would just, they would get broken. And, uh, you know, you just, you just were, it was just all about yourself. And, um, you know, looking back at uh, Christmas traditions and things that we do, and, you know, you, you I like to wonder why, right? I, I like to look back and, and think about, you know, why did we decide to do, you know, what it was that we did and why do we do the traditions that the, our pantry household does now and um, you know one of the things I've never understood is why we give gifts at Christmas I like getting gifts don't get don't get me wrong 
But the, but the pain and the hassle of trying to figure out what somebody else wants, you're not in their head, right? You don't know what they want. You don't, I mean, even, I've lived with Lynn Marie for 25 years. For those of you that don't know, Lynn Marie is my wife. I've lived with Lynn Marie for 25 years. It's our 25th uh, Christmas as a couple. I still don't know what always what to get her. And, and, you know, and I live with her all the time. And, you know, my, uh, with my parents getting older now and my dad is having memory issues, I don't know what to get them. They don't get out and shop, and they're certainly, you know, not going to, you know, zip onto the, the Internet and, and, and buy something off of there and all this other stuff. It could be really difficult. But as a, as, a, as a tradition, why is it that we buy gifts? Why is it that we give gifts? Well, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, uh, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chiefs, chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and, and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child and his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. There's been a holiday that has been celebrated in the church since the second century, and that's the, that's the holiday of Epiphany. Now we're not a liturgical church, right? We don't follow the liturgical calendar, but but the but the the holiday of Epiphany was actually a feast that was celebrated and was one of the first feasts of the Christian church. And it was it was the time that they celebrated when these guys from the east or the magi showed up and and presented their gifts to Jesus. Now understand what was being celebrated was and if you go back to the to the to the birth of Jesus, right? And and um, uh, Andy gave a great message a couple weeks ago about you know that the that the wise men didn't show up at the manger; they showed up later. And and you know I don't know if you guys set up a nativity at home. We we do. We didn't this year, but generally we do. And we always leave the wise men across the room, or or we make sure that they're far enough away that that you know that because and. We don't call them the Wisemen, we call them the Weissmans. I don't know how that started, but the Weissmans never make it for Christmas, they show up later. Um, and so, at the time of Jesus' birth, when you read the birth story, you, you, God revealed to the shepherds, right, that, that their Savior had been born and they go and they worship, right? Well, the, the Magi don't show up for a while. And so what the feast was, was celebrated by Gentiles because it was the celebration of God being revealed to the entire world. 
When Jesus was first born, he was revealed to the Jews, right? To the shepherds at the time. And they came and they celebrated and they worshiped. But the Magi, who were not Jews, but were Gentiles, came and celebrated later. So for the, for the people that first celebrated this, it was the celebration of, of God being revealed to the whole world, to not just the Jews, but also to the Gentiles at that time. And so it was a, it was a time for them to celebrate. And like so many other Christian celebrations, it was taken from a pagan holiday, and they just took it over and changed its name and, and changed its meaning. But it was one of the original was one of the original feasts. And so the giving of gifts to coincide with this particular holiday is one that's still celebrated, right? Epiphany is still celebrated around the world. In some cultures, it's not Santa that comes and delivers gifts, but it was actually the wise men. It's the Magi that come and bring gifts to, to good little children. And uh, they'll write letters to, to the Magi telling them how good they've been. And that's, how, and that's how it's celebrated. And so this gift-giving thing has been going on for a really long time. And so we continue it today. And it's, it's I've always had troubles buying gifts for my dad. I've always had troubles buying gifts for my dad. And... You know, I'm 51 now. I've had a lot of Christmases to buy stuff for my dad, and it's certainly harder now than it used to be because his needs are less. But, but for my dad, if he ever wanted something, he would just go buy it. If he needed something, he would just go get it. If there was something that he wanted to do, he would just, he would just do it. When he retired, he thought he would build furniture, not you know just kits, but like something he would do. And so we didn't even get a chance to buy him a kit. He went out and bought a couple of kits and bought the tools and everything else. And so he was a really difficult person to buy for. And it's so funny, I, I, don't, I don't know what it was like in your house, but it was always easier to buy something for mom in my house. And I think it was because my mom was a better communicator, right? She would let us know, she would drop hints of what it was that she wanted. My dad, it was like, yeah, I don't know. And so, you know, he would end up getting, I remember getting him, oh my goodness, for Christmas, we, I bought, I've, I got him handkerchiefs. He doesn't use a handkerchief and they're gross. Why would you give someone a handkerchief? Um, ugliest ties ever and he was always so kind about it but my dad is very particular about how he dresses and so getting my dad a tie that he didn't pick out was kind of useless because he wasn't going to wear it because it anyway but he was always so kind and so nice that at least you tried right at least you gave it a shot and and it's tough and i and i kind of feel like i've left colin my son in that same predicament because i'm very much like my dad and so christmas rolls around and like i don't want anything and frankly, I really don't need anything, but what do you, what do you get? What do you get? It's like, and it's, we do the same thing to dads for Father's Day too, right? You always know what to do for mom for Mother's Day, but dad, Father's Day, it's like, eh, I don't know. Um, so for us, right, we go back to the idea of epiphany and, and buying gifts and, and getting things and getting things for your dad. We're very particular about how we celebrate Christmas in our house. Right, not just celebrating with the greater family of Lynn Marie's family and my family. We, we've, we've stolen your family traditions and made them our own. And I, I still, to this day, I don't know who we took this from, but on Christmas morning, when the pantries get together, um, just the three of us and we celebrate, you know, we always make sure that we have coffee cake and that we have a candle that we put in it and we celebrate Jesus' birthday. Like we would celebrate one of our birthdays, right? We put a candle in the coffee cake and we bring it out in the morning and, and we sing happy birthday to Jesus. We sing a happy birthday song and we take a moment and we pray and we wish him 
happy birthday, right? And then we open up our gifts for each other. But what about our gifts for our Heavenly Father, right? What do you get for the being who literally has everything, right? We spend so much time shopping for one another and thinking about and making lists and going out on Amazon and checking people's wish lists and all this other stuff. What is it that you got for your Heavenly Father this Christmas? Now, the nice thing for us is that Epiphany, <laughs> right, that whole holiday of gift giving, isn't for, it's actually celebrated a week from this Sunday. So there's seven more shopping days for Epiphany. So you can think about what you want to get your Heavenly Father for Christmas. Um, you know the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas? That actually is talking about Epiphany, right? We celebrate Jesus' birth on the 25th, 12 days later it's Epiphany. So we celebrate Jesus' birthday, but we buy gifts for everyone else. Like if, if it came time for Lynn Marie's birthday, and I bought gifts for you, but not for Lynn Marie, she would be upset, right? I don't think God gets upset. I think he's happy that, that we're expressing our love for one another and that we're putting thoughts behind it. And we, we share, right, as, as believers, I enjoy giving gifts to other people. Um, you know, I joke about, you know, having the gift of keeping and hoarding, but I, I really do enjoy buying things for other people and celebrating Christmas and, and, and expressing, expressing my love for other people by, you know, buying things for people. But what are some things, what are some things that you think that your heavenly father really wants for his birthday? What do you, what do you think Jesus wants for his birthday? In uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I think one thing that Jesus would like for, for, for his birthday is a new sheep. I think he would like additions to the kingdom of God. As we're out and we're spreading the love and saying Merry Christmas to one another, as we're out and we're returning gifts, or for those of you that... I know some of you were out shopping on the 26th. Some of you are like ferocious on the sales days and uh, went out there and returned stuff and bought different things or, or things that you didn't know, you know, you know, things that you needed but were finally on sale and we're, we're wishing people a happy new year and we're saying Merry Christmas. Now is a great time to be sharing the love that you and I have already received. Now is a, is a great time because people's, people's minds are focused, right? They're singing Christmas songs. This may be the only time of year that people actually think about the Lord. Right, because they can't help it. There is still a Christmas station playing Christmas music this morning. I really want them to stop. If I hear White Christmas one more time, and I, again, you guys, most of you know how I feel about this. If I never saw a White Christmas again, I'd be fine with that. A brown Christmas is, is fine. A green Christmas would be good. White Christmas, not so much. I've seen them. I'm not really not into it anymore. But people's minds are focused on things other than themselves. This is a, this is a prime time. The, fer, the soil is fertile. People are seeing Silent Night, right? 
They're, they're singing about things they don't normally do. They're, they're focused on things other than themselves. Now is a great time to go shopping for a new sheep. Now is a great time to, to tell people about God's kingdom because they're ready to hear it. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to share his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? I think Jesus would like a better you, don't you think? I got a, I got a nifty gift for, uh, for Christmas this year, and I, I was hoping I would get it. Um, and it's funny, now that I have it, it um, if you ever received a gift and you, you get it, and then you think, maybe this wasn't a good idea. Um, I asked for a, a Fitbit for Christmas. And so not only do I know I don't move during the day, now I've got the statistics to back it up. And it's great because you download an app and it tells you how much you don't move during the day. And it's great because, you know, I set it for a certain number of steps um, to move each day. And I, I've had this since Christmas Day. I haven't, I haven't done it yet. I haven't managed to move 10,000 steps. Now, for those of you that don't know, I work out of my home, right? So I wake up in the morning and I go to work, but it's only like 30 steps away. And so for me to hit 10,000 steps, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to catch fire um, and run to the fire station and have them put me out. Um, the, nice thing, the nice thing about it is, is that it tells me how many stairs I've climbed, how many sets of stairs I've gone up. And that's great because my bedroom's on the second floor and I work in the basement. So I've hit my stairs goal every day. Uh, on average, I'm hitting 13 flights of stairs every day. The closest I've come to 10,000 steps was Friday when I did 5,000 steps, but that's because I took the day off of work and I had some running around I had to do. And, 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 and not only does it keep track of my steps, but it tells me how much I'm not sleeping. I knew I wasn't sleeping before. I actually got seven hours of sleep the other night. My, my, my Fitbit had a little bit of celebration in the morning. There was like, I opened up my phone and there was like little confetti going, yeah, you slept seven hours. <laughs> That's kind of sad. I wish I had one of these for my spiritual life. Because sometimes we get caught up in stuff and we don't realize what it is that we're not doing. Right? We don't realize how much time we're not spending with, with, our, with our Lord. Right? In, in our relationship with God, it's not, about how, it's not about being good. It's not about being good. There are a lot of people that aren't believers, that aren't Christians, that are good people. For us, it's about relationship. It's about living the life that God has for us. It's about getting to know our Lord. And the only way that you can do that is with time and effort. Just like getting to know anybody else, right? It takes time and it takes effort. You know, and I and I I I think all of us can do better. I think all of us can spend more time. I think all of us can learn something new this year about our Lord, right? Because He's an infinite God and we're a finite person. So there's always something new 
to know. There's always something new to study. There's always something new to experience in God. And I think one of the, one of the greatest gifts that we could give our Lord this year for his birthday is a better you. Right? The whole reason why I got this was so I would have a reminder to, uh, <laughs> sorry, my Fitbit, not, not a wrist. I have a wrist for all sorts of reasons, but my, fist, my Fitbit is to remind me to exercise because I have an obligation to my wife and to my son to make sure that I stick around for as long as possible. And I also like to think that we have an obligation to one another. And so to make sure that you and I are physically healthy, to make sure that, that we can be the, the brother or sister in Christ that we need to be for one another. But the same thing is true with our spiritual self, right? You and I have an obligation to be the best brother or sister in Christ spiritually so that we can take care of one another, so that we can take care of our, our families spiritually, so we can take care of our children, our parents, or whatever. And so truly... I think one of the greatest gifts that you could give your Lord this year would be a better you. And I don't know what that looks like, because I'm not you. If I, can't, if I can't figure out what to get you for Christmas, there's no way I'm going to be able to tell you what you need to do to be a better you this year. That's between you and God. But that's one of the great things about being a believer, right, is the Holy Spirit is a part of this relationship, and, and the Holy Spirit is there to, to guide us and direct us and convict us and to, to help us step out and, and be the person of God that we need to be. But it takes time and it takes effort. And so that what that means is you need to take time and think about it. You need to take time and, and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you in, in what you need to do to make you a better you for him. In Mark chapter 12, it says, The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. And he's talking about the greatest commandment. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. The greatest thing that you could give to your Lord this Christmas is to share his love. Certainly he wants you to love him with everything that you are, but loving your neighbor as yourself. And who's your neighbor? It's everybody. It's the person that you run into at the, at the store. It's the, uh, it's the, you know, it's it, your literal next door neighbor. It's, it's your brothers and sisters in Christ, assuredly. But it's also the people outside of the community of believers, right? We, as believers, understand God and we know his love and, and we do share his love with one another. But it's the people outside of here that really need to hear it and really need to see it in you. You know, I think uh, over the holidays and being out and, and shopping is a great time to show love to the people in the retail world. I don't miss working retail at all, especially this time of year. Um, I belong to a group on Facebook. It's called the Old Neighborhood, and it's and it's uh, it's people who grew up on the northwest side of Milwaukee, and and they keep posting these pictures of of things of of what Milwaukee used to be a long time ago, and it's it's really funny. It really wasn't that long ago where that whole Northridge area was farm field. 
Um, and, and I didn't realize there was like an Abbey, uh, up there, um, uh, Servite Woods or whatever it's called now used to be an Abbey and, and really not that long ago, it, uh, the property was sold in the, in the seventies and okay. So it was a long time ago for you guys, but for some of us, it wasn't that long ago. And, um, and somebody posted, uh, pictures from Northridge when it was still a mall. And, uh, and it was funny because they, they posted pictures of like when it opened and then it's 15th anniversary and then, then it's remodeling in the 90s and then, then they opened the food court and then they showed pictures with everything being boarded up and blah, 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 blah. But I spent a lot of Christmases in that mall selling stuff to people. And uh, it's, a, it's, it's a tough, that's a tough road to hoe. Um, most retailers make most of their most of their money for the year between Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, and you know you saw the crowds if you were out, and and um, it really is a great time to make somebody's day better. It's a great opportunity when you're out and shopping and talking to people to make sure that you're focused on someone other than what you're doing. Focusing on the person behind the counter, focusing on the person who's trying to help you out. And I really had some great opportunities to share the Lord this Christmas, this Christmas season as I was out shopping at, uh, you know, half an hour before somebody closed and just seeing the weary eyes behind the, behind the counter and, and taking the opportunity to find something out about them and, and, um, you know, taking the time to, to see what they needed and what I could say or what I could do to help them have a better day in that moment. And making sure to find ways to weave God and Jesus into that. So you have a week before Epiphany. You have a week before a lot of the, the, the Christian church celebrates the arrival of the wise men from the East, bringing gifts to Jesus. What is it that you can give to Jesus this year? What is it in all your time and all your shopping and all the things that you're going to do between now and New Year's and next Sunday? What is it that you can give to your Heavenly Father? What can you give to Jesus, the man who has everything? You want something personal, right? And as a parent, and again, not all of you guys understand this, but those gifts that were made by your children mean so much. Last Sunday, I, saw, I showed uh, Leah a picture when Colin, <laughs> I, don't even know if, I don't even know if he was going to school here yet or not, or if he was an ABC or he was just, he was just starting school, but they used to make Christmas ornaments. Uh, and they would take a, a snapshot of the child and, uh, and make it into a Christmas ornament. And we have one on our tree that I, I absolutely love because Colin, is just laughing so hard and has the goofiest face ever. But he's so joyful and he's so happy. And I'm so thankful that Leah didn't take another picture, but that's the picture she used. And that means so much to me because it's personal. And that's what your Heavenly Father wants for me. Something personal. Something only you can make. Something only you can give. Something that involves you but it's gonna take your time and your effort. It's gonna take your time spending time with him this week, asking him what he wants. How can you be different? How can you be better? How can you be stronger this upcoming year? Who are the people that he wants you to reach with his love? That's between you and the Lord, but trust me when I say that he wants something for you, from you for his birthday. Let's pray. 
Father, I thank you. I thank you for this relationship. I thank you that it is a relationship. And Father, that you loved us so much that you came here. And you took on everything. You took on all of our punishment so that we could have a relationship with you. So that we could have a relationship with the creator of the universe. And, and, and Father, help us not to lose sight of that. In all the busyness and all the things that we do and the lives that we live, help us to realize that this is a relationship and just as alive and real as any relationship that we have here. And guide us. Help us to, to think about what you want for your birthday. And help us to give that to you this year. Help us to love you more, to know you more, and to make it personal. We do love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So please stand and receive this blessing from the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you again for downloading and listening to this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if you are looking for a church to call home or would like to visit us for one of our services, please visit our site at gracecf.us for our location and service times. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.